Hi, Steve here. Why do I continue to talk about false doctrines so much? Why do I make so many efforts to drive the truth home? Because the pre-tribulation rapture, along with the tithe, are false teachings. And I hate false teachings and false doctrines. The most ignorant comment I've ever heard are those who say, well, I still believe in Jesus and I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. What difference does it make? We're all brothers in the Lord. Because many people, when they realize this is false, they'll lose the hope they've been clinging to. It's not a reality. And it will be the reason many will fall away. And for that reason, this false teaching is evil. The early Christians never taught the rapture doctrine. This doctrine was not even mentioned in any Christian literature before 1830. There were only two key things the early disciples taught. The second coming of Christ and the resurrection of the righteous dead. So where did the rapture theory come from? This doctrine was started by a young Scottish girl named Margaret MacDonald. She revealed through a so-called vision and prophecy that Christ's return would be in two phases and not just one. Christ would come visibly in the first phase for the righteous only. He would then come in the second phase with the raptured saints to execute judgment on the unrighteous after the great tribulation. The idea of secret rapture was promoted by Edward Irving. Later on, John Nelson Darby further pushed this false doctrine by analyzing some Bible translations in 1833. This gave rise to the false idea that there will be a secret rapture and the rapture will be preceded by this false seven-year tribulation, which will culminate in Christ's second coming and be followed by a thousand-year messianic kingdom, Christ's millennial reign. John Nelson Darby's analysis was false, but very few ever even questioned where this man erred. Very few people question this doctrine, whether it agrees with the Bible or not, and where it all started. I'm not going to take time to go over the whole scriptural proof again and why there's no such thing as a pre-tribulation rapture. But if you want to find out what I said, you can watch this video here. Now, just a side note to everything else about this pre-trib rapture that I've already explained. I will say this. There is a catching away, just like Paul talked about. And everything he said to the Thessalonians and everything he said to the Corinthians, that in a twinkling of an eye will all be changed. But you've got to read all of those scriptures in context. Read the whole chapter. Read the beginning all the way through. All these verses of scripture that people like to pull out and pick out here and say, look, that's the doctrine. No, what was he talking about? Who was he talking to? What was the subject he was talking about? You've got to look at all these things. You can't just pick out a little verse and build a doctrine on one little verse and take it out of context. My wife came home the other morning relating two different conversations she had with ladies she exercises with. She was flabbergasted and frustrated with their complete ignorance about political figures and what they really stand for. There seems to actually be a mental inability to reason anymore. Just like so many people in America claim to be Christians, but they don't hear or care about what the Bible and God have to say on issues. One of her exercise pals said she was pro-choice. Even people who claim to be Christians don't really believe the Bible. Let me just tell you, they're not Christians. They may be religious, but they're not followers of Christ. 
They're not born-again believers like Jesus explained to Nicodemus. Everything the world is, everything the world is all about, and what this world loves is exactly opposite of what Christians are to be. Look at what the Apostle Paul told the Christians in Ephesus. Therefore I say this, indeed, in union with the Lord, I insist on it. Don't live any longer like the pagans live, with their sterile ways of thinking. Their intelligence has been shrouded in darkness, and they are estranged from the life of God because of the ignorance in them, which in turn comes from resisting God's will. They have lost all feeling, so they have abandoned themselves to sensuality, practicing any kind of impurity and always greedy for more. But this is not the lesson you learned from the Messiah. If you really listened to him and were instructed about him, then you learn that since what is in Yeshua is truth, then so far as your formal way of life is concerned, you must strip off your old nature because your old nature is thoroughly rotted by its deceptive desires. And you must let your spirits and minds keep being renewed and clothe yourselves with the new nature created to be godly, which expresses itself in the righteousness and holiness that flow from the truth. Therefore, stripping off falsehood, let everyone speak truth with his neighbor, because we are intimately related to each other as parts of a body. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down before you've dealt with the cause of your anger. Otherwise, you leave room for the adversary. The thief must stop stealing. Instead, he should make an honest living by his own efforts. This way, he'll be able to share with those in need. Let no harmful language come from your mouth, only good words that are helpful in meeting the need, words that will benefit those who hear them. Don't cause grief to God's Holy Spirit, for he has stamped you as his property until the day of final redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, violent assertiveness, and slander, along with all spitefulness. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, and forgive each other, just as the Messiah God also has forgiven you. So imitate God as his dear children and live a life of love, just as also the Messiah loved us. Indeed, on our behalf, gave himself up as an offering, as a slaughtered sacrifice to God with a pleasing fragrance. Among you there should be no mention of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed. These are utterly inappropriate for God's holy people. Also out of place are obscenity and stupid talk or coarse language. Instead, you should be giving thanks. For of this you can be sure. Every sexually immoral, impure or greedy person, that is every idol worshiper, has no share in the kingdom of the Messiah and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty talk, for it's because of these things that God's judgment is coming on those who disobey him. So don't become a partner with them, for you used to be darkness, but now, united with the Lord, you are light. Live like children of light, for the fruit of the light is in every kind of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Try to determine what will please the Lord. Have nothing to do with the deeds produced by darkness, but instead expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of the things these people do in secret. But everything exposed to the light is revealed clearly for what it is. Since anything revealed is a light. That is why it says, get up, sleeper, arise from the dead and the Messiah will shine on you. Therefore, pay careful attention to how you conduct your life. Live wisely, not unwisely. Use your time well, for these days are evil. 
So what do Americans believe about God, salvation, ethics, and the Bible? What do they really think? Researchers found out. Here are the questions and here are the answers. You'll see why we are in apostasy. So here's where we are in America with our theology, what you believe, and then what the Bible says compared to what you believe. I've said it before, but a lot of people won't allow the Bible to get in the way of what they believe. So here we go. God is a perfect being and cannot make a mistake. What did people say? 51% said they agree. And the rest of them said, no, I don't agree with that. Is it true or false? God is perfect and he can't make a mistake? It's true. There's one true God in three persons. True or false? 54% agreed. The rest of them disagreed. It's true. God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Makes sense, right? 45% of the people surveyed said they agreed. Does God accept the worship of all religions? No, that's false. God learns and adapts to different circumstances. Is that true or false? No, it's false. Even though 32% agreed that God learns and adapts to different circumstances. No, that's false. God doesn't change. Biblical accounts of the physical, bodily resurrection of Jesus are completely accurate. This event actually occurred. 47% agreed. 19% said somewhat. And 15% and 8% disagreed. They don't believe that Jesus bodily, physically resurrected from the grave. Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. No, he always was. He created all things. Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. 31% agreed. That's frightening, but he was not God. Is that true or false? False. God created male and female. Now we're getting into today's totally irrational and ridiculous propaganda by the globalists. God created male and female, yes. But it's funny that it's only 64% somewhat agree. How do you somewhat agree on something like this? God created male and female or he didn't? And of course, 12% strongly disagree. Now we're talking about people who claim to have a faith in God. The Holy Spirit is a force, but is not a personal being. True or false? It's false. That is so false. 33% believe that, and only 19% strongly disagree. The Holy Spirit is a personal being. The Holy Spirit gives a spiritual new birth or new life before a person has faith in Jesus Christ. Strongly disagree, 27%. Only 20% strongly disagree. Is that true or false? It's true. Jesus told Nicodemus that a person has to be born again before he can even see or enter the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit can tell me to do something which is forbidden in the Bible. It seemed ludicrous to me, but how many people agreed with this? 11%. Maybe this explains why so many so-called believers divorce with no real justification. Even 51% of people can see that that's not true. Everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. And look at this, most people believe that. 27% said 
strongly agree because we always want to believe the best in people, but everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. No, our nature is rotten. That's false. We're born into sin. Even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. That's true. But why? 15% strongly agree. But look at this. 58% strongly disagree because they don't understand the holiness of God. And they don't understand that God's ways are not man's ways. And that unless you come to Christ and receive his righteousness as your covering and forgiveness of sin, even the smallest sin will send you to hell. God counts a person as righteous, not because of one's works, but only because of one's faith in Jesus Christ. True, but how many people agreed? 34%. But look, 20% disagreed. 20% surveyed said they disagree. Well, I'm sorry, but it doesn't really matter what you think, it matters what God says. Everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. Is that true or false? 53% of those surveyed said they strongly agree that everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. Is that true or false? False. The Bible, like all sacred writings, contains a helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. This is sad because this is the foundation of your faith. Do you believe the Bible or do you not believe the Bible? Strongly disagree, 27% disagreed. But look how many agreed with this. 25% said it's not literally true. Scary. The Bible is 100% accurate in all that it teaches. True or false? That's true. But look, 33% agreed with that. Almost the same amount disagreed. So if the Bible's not accurate, then it's open for your personal interpretation. And Paul makes it very clear that the Word of God is not up for anybody's private interpretation. Modern science disproves the Bible. Well, that's totally ludicrous. 19% agree that modern science disproved the Bible. That's a total lie and total propaganda. 31% disagree. Rather than make this a lengthy video, I'll stop here and just let you know that you can go to the State of Theology website and see all of these questions and the percentage of people and how they responded. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you'd like to, I leave a link in the description box below that'll take you to a page that will help lead you in a simple prayer to receive Christ, the Son of the living God, as your personal Lord and Savior. Do it today. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You don't even know if you'll be here tomorrow, and neither do I. Think about it. As the world gets more and more dangerous, it's time to make sure your family is prepared for severe food shortages ahead. That's why My Patriot Supply is making their emergency food as affordable as possible. Right now, they're taking $250 off their three-month emergency food kit, which is the minimum your family should have. This kit provides delicious, easy-to-make breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks for one person for three solid months. 
Get one for each member of your family while you're able to save $250 during this sale, which ends soon. Remember, My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company with millions of families already protected. These three-month food kits are in stock and ready to go. Your order ships fast and free and arrives in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to preparewiththinkaboutit.com. Those who know what's coming are using today to prepare. Are you? preparewiththinkaboutit.com.